we're on a series and have been on a series for quite a while. And uh, we put up in the hallway there a mission statement. And this has been our mission statement, but I just, in the days ahead, I wanted you to focus on that. Because this statement out there <clears throat> declares what kind of church we are. People say, what, what church do you go to? Well, I go to Harvest Church. I go to so-and-so, whatever. But what's the church all about? And we don't need a thousand words. We need to have it very simple. Amen? And we have out there Harvest Church committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. Now, we spent a lot of time talking about serving and today we're going to get started. We're going to talk about sharing. What are some things that we can share at Harvest Church? Salvation. That would be the most important, Mr. Dolcater, is salvation. What else? Encouragement. You can encourage one another through the week. Amen. How many of you need encouragement? I need encouragement. Pastors need encouragement. Amen? So do sheep. What else? Time. How about sharing some time? Some of you have gifts and you say, well, I'm not educated. I can't do this. I can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. Listen, this preacher is a weed eater. I'm the best weed eater here. In fact, mine can give you my weed eater. I'm going to do it. Amen? What else can you do? What else can you share? What? Fellowship. Amen? So you think about that, you know, and I'm, I'm sure there's... <clears throat> how many of you have a gift? If you don't know your gift, you need to find out what your gift is because the church needs your gift. Now, look at 2 Timothy 3.2. I hope you brought your Bibles. If you didn't, I will read you the Scripture. 2 Timothy, we're going to start talking about sharing. This church, <coughs> this, this happened years ago when I was a young minister, <coughs> young minister, and two older ministers, very wise men that had been in ministry for years, sat down and looked at me and they said, well, what's your church all about? Let's, let's boil it down to just, you know, a few words. And what, out of that discussion, this was birthed because they, they realized that Harvest Church was <clears throat> about serving. Your pastor have a, has a serving gift. I, I don't mind serving. Not everybody has a serving gift. Everybody should serve, but some people just have an, a, a special gift in serving. And then they found out that this church is a giving church. Do you know this church, it would shock you. I probably should go and figure it out, but how many tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars has been spent, sent to the mission field? Apostle Mike in the Philippines, Jeff Rogers, amen? We have blessed not only, you know, mission projects, but we blessed our community through the years. 
Now, I want to read to you in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I want you to understand this. And <coughs> my my uh, son married a Lutheran, and uh, we made sure that she was born again. She, she knows Jesus. But when I she'd start coming to church, I'd start using this phrase, last days. And it really bothered her. Last days. I'd say we're living in the last days. And if you look in the Greek, it's not only last days. It basically is implying, I better tie this or I'll fall down. It's implying that we live in the very last of the last of the last days. What mean the last days? Before Jesus comes back. Before the tribulation, the seven years tribulation. We're living, and there's signs of the times. Is, is Washington, D.C., are there kind of Looney Tunes? The leadership in our nation's capital... Blacks, thank God, we have who we have now. Basically, you heard Trump said they're not going to enforce that law. We're, we're preachers, you know. Can't, if I would say don't vote for this person or vote for that person, they could basically take away our credentials and ministry. Thank God we have Trump. Is he perfect? No, that's why we pray. But we're living in the last of the last days. And this scripture says, defines this. The Apostle Paul says, but know this. Everyone say, know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. Perilous means harsh, savage, difficult, dangerous, painful, fierce, grievous, hard to deal with. Those are the kind of days we live in. Now, this is what I want you to see. We're, we're talking, we're starting a series within a series about sharing, about giving. This is the way it's going to be in the hour in which we live. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Stop there. We're not going to read the rest because we're going to talk about that. Men will be lovers of their own selves, lovers of money. Now, do you see that in society today? How important is the dollar? Gaining possessions, having this, owning that. The Living Bible says, for people will love only themselves and their money. The Amplified says, for people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered, lovers of money and aroused by an inordinate, greedy desire for wealth. The Message Bible says, as the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed, money-hungry. So people in the last days, if that's the way the world is going to be, concerned only about self, absorbed with self, and just wanting to hoard up wealth for themselves, is that going to stop a flow of money? Maybe, you know, in the world, but 
It should be the opposite in the church. We shouldn't love ourselves. We shouldn't love money. Now, is money evil? No. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Money is nothing, and I use it right. I use it, it's a tool. Amen. Robert Osborne's a great mechanic. He's not only a great mechanic, he's a good guy and he's honest. But he knows how to use tools. The church should be no different. We should know how to use tools. We should know how to use the increase that God blesses us with. We shouldn't take the increase and just hoard it up for ourselves, but we should give it and share it. That's what this church is about. We're a very liberal giving church. We, we, we give. Now, I want to look at this in the Greek, love this phrase, lovers of themselves. Say lovers of themselves. In the Greek, it comes from two Greek words. The first one is P-H-I-L-O-S. In fact, when I sit down with young couples that are going to get married, we're going to, we talk about the different kinds of love, and one is phileo love. Okay, and this is to love or be fond of someone else. It denotes the love, attraction, or romantic feelings that people have toward one another. Remember men years ago? When we were chasing, we were chasing that gal we were going to marry. It's, it's, it denotes love, attraction, or romantic feelings that people have toward one another. Now, the Greek word for kissing comes from this, okay? But here in this scripture, it is used with another Greek word, A-U-T-O-S, meaning oneself. When the two words are combined, it refers to one's love and attraction for oneself. So instead of kissing your mate or giving a kiss, friendly kiss, you know, to, to someone else. Basically, you're looking in the mirror and you're kissing yourself. I'm so great. I'm so good looking. Well, I do that once in a while, but no. No, things are fading now that I'm 60. It's not like I... But it, it means to kiss oneself. That's kind of weird, isn't it? But that's the way the spirit of the world is right now. You're only concerned about yourself. You love yourself. You love what you own, what you possess. And I'll give you an example. Now, don't get all, can I use this phrase? Don't get all butt hurt. <laughs> because I realize Facebook is only a tool. How many have Facebook? But it almost gets kind of weird to the point where, in fact, TV and television, everything. What do people do with their phones now? What, what can you do with a phone today, with technology? What? Say it. Text. Selfies. You see people, what they do is they get their family and they do this. 
they have a special thing for your phone now. You can just put your phone and you can stand there and kiss yourself. It's the truth. It is the truth. You go this week and find, I bet you, guarantee every one of you somewhere during the course of your day will see somebody taking a phone and taking a picture of themselves. That kind of gives you the, the <laughs> what it's like. That's society today. Then this word, lovers of money, which the word covetous, it means people that are too self-absorbed, so focused on self that they will not share it with other people. Now, Rick Renner, the great Greek scholar, puts this scripture. Let me read it, his translation. This is today. This is where we're at, people. People will be self-consumed, self-absorbed, self-focused, and in love with themselves more than anyone else. As a result of this self-love, they will hoard money for themselves while spending very little to help others. That's the world today. Sad to say it's that way in the church. I'll tell you what, I know some churches that are huge, big, mega churches. Do you know how much money is generated by a preacher that stands up on a Sunday morning and say, we're going to raise this amount of money, we need this money, we need that, we need this. There's a lot of money. Money's a tool, and God's not against money. He wants to get money into your hands. He'll get it to you if, you, if he can get it through you. That was a statement years ago. Say that with me. God will get money to me if he can get it through me. See, now, if I was dishonest, I could have just waited to receive the offering after this message. But I'm not that way, never will be. I didn't join up in the Lord's army to get rich. Is God taking care of my needs? More, very much so. Good thing I put it on vibrate, it's going off. God will get money to you, Kenny, if he can get it through you. And that applies to all of us. Kenny's going, why did he just call me out? Because I was just looking at you. Harvest Church is committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. Now, it's not all about money. We, we talked, Terry said at first, it's about the gospel. It's about salvation. But there's a lot in the Bible that talks about money. And I, I've told you this before, and I say this, and it's heartfelt. I pastor the most generous congregation probably than any church here in this town. We're a small church. But do you know what we've accomplished? Because you're givers. Say, I'm a giver, not a taker. Now, we're not going to get all through this.
I want you to look at Genesis chapter 22. I'm going to start and we're going to go. Th- I'm going to give you scripture. I just want this is why I'm giving you the scripture from Genesis 22. We're going to go through the Bible and there's all kinds of scriptures. But my intent for what I'm about to tell you, we've got to start here before we go on and talk about you giving and sharing. I want you to leave today, if you leave with anything, I want you to leave knowing God is a generous giver. Say, my God is generous. See, the Scripture says he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we might ask or think. And so the, the one way of finding out the nature of God is to look at his names. And there are different Hebrew names for God. And in Genesis chapter 22, you remember the story of Isaac where God calls Abraham and Isaac and he says, you're going to go so-and-so and sacrifice, and he gets to that place where he's going to sacrifice his offering. Turns out God wants him to what? Offer up his son, Isaac. And Abraham was obedient. And in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 12, we're just going to start here. It says, God's, Abraham's ready. Put the knife in his son. Who's Isaac a type and shadow of? Who? Jesus. Verse 12, and he said, do not lay your hand, God speaking to Abraham, on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you've not withheld your son, your only son from me. And then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went, and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And verse, this is what I want you to see, verse 14. This is one of the Hebrew names for God, the father. Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, or Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. I want you to know today, whatever needs you have, if you are a child of God, a born-again believer, God loves you. And he'll provide any need that you have. Some of us, we get upset because we don't, we're not blessed. But the Bible says you have not because you ask not. You have to learn to ask the Father even for little things. Start with the little things. Start using your faith on little things and ask him for it. Now, everything I ask God the Father for, I I haven't received everything. But, you know, the thing is, if we'll ask in line with his word and his will, God will make sure he'll take care of us. Every, Every successful outreach we've had at Harvest Church is because we've asked him. And, you know, when when you make God's business your business, you make his kingdom your kingdom, he'll take care of you. He'll take care of the church. That's one night to shine is so much fun. Is that God's kingdom? Are those God's kids? Yeah. 
And so, have we ever lacked for anything? Sure, we, there's times we think, well, we're gonna, is it going to come in? But it always has. My God shall supply your every need according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. God's nature, God's nature is to provide for His people. God's nature is to provide for His people. How many of you are fathers or grandfathers? How many of you know it's your responsibility and my responsibility to provide for my family? Your family, right? How many of you... I had a dad that was a businessman. He owned a shoe store and a boot store back in the 70s when I grew up, and he was very successful at what he, what he did, but he was a very giving person. He, he, he'd sow money into missions works and missionaries, and he was very involved in his church. We were raised Methodist. I don't know. My dad, I think, got born again, got saved later on in life, and he got filled with the Spirit of God in a Catholic church in Florida. But I'll remember my dad was this way. I could go to my, my dad and I'd say, I'd sure like to have this. I'd like to have, I wanted guns too, just like you. Or I wanted this or I wanted that. And I'll never forget, he, he was so generous. And, and I've told you this story, but it's, it, it's just so vivid because I wanted a certain car and it was a, oh, I can remember what year it was. A Pontiac Le Mans sport coupe shipped on it. It was really, it was a really cool car, and I thought I was pretty cool anyway. So I needed a cool car because I wanted to impress the ladies. But I'd go to, I went to my dad, and I'd say, I'd said, I'd sure like to. And he took me out to the, to the car dealership, and you know, I helped buy it. I, he didn't buy the whole thing. We weren't a wealthy family, and it was a used car. But I got the car. And I got a picture. I'll have to get a picture of it. It's, I got a picture standing by it in this really cool 70s outfit. It really was pretty neat. I was a real, I thought it was a real chick magnet. I really wasn't. <laughs> but I'll never forget sitting down. I'll never, it's so vivid. <laughs> sitting down at the table kitchen table in our house and my mom and my dad and I and we were talking about this car and he got helped me get the car and my mother was an old stoic German and I told you and I many times I made her go to the cigarette drawer I had her smoking many times when I when she was nervous or stressed man she'd go to that door drawer and pull out her cigarettes I did that a lot to her she still lived to be 95 but she, I'll never forget, she laid her head down on the table and said, my dad's name was Elmer. But Elmer, his car's better than our car. And my mom could use a little, um, what's the word? I don't want to say control or manipulate, but she was crying. My dad, he just... You know, I want you to know your Heavenly Father 
loves you. He loves me. It's his nature to provide for you, your family, and for me. And he's concerned about the welfare of your kids. He's concerned about your bills being paid on time. He's concerned about your job situation. He's concerned about your career. He loves you. One more scripture and then we'll quit. And I had six or seven, so I I promise you this is it. This, This is my favorite scripture today. I read this scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. We're going to go through, we'll we'll finish up next week on this. We're looking at God the Father's nature. It's his nature to bless and to give. And we're talking about Harvest Church's purpose is to share and to give. But first of all, we got to see that our creator is that way. And he made us to be that way. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 18. It's what Solomon says here. Here's what I've seen. It is good and fitting for one to eat and drink. And to enjoy the good of all his labor in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life. Which God gives him for it is his heritage. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. I want you to see from the scripture, I, was, I didn't bring the living translation. Maybe I'll read that next time. But God wants to bless you with a job, a hobby that brings you joy. He wants you and I to find a job we can enjoy, and he wants us to work that job with a thankful heart. Staying busy with the things that bring joy to your heart is a gift from God. And I began to think about that because I'm blessed Not too many people enjoy what they do. Not too many people enjoy their job. But God's will for you is to have a job that you like and enjoy. I have two. Mine is, I'm called to the ministry. I'm a five-fold ministry gift. I'm a pastor, and I realize I've got to keep that in focus, but I also like business, and I like junk. And I buy and sell antiques and junk. And God has given these hands, given me the ability to take junk and restore it and sell it and make money. And I have fun doing it, don't I, Micah? That is our God. If you're here today and you don't have a job you enjoy that brings you joy, then start praying and seeking God. Make sure, Micah, you're young and you're going to school. Just say, God, I want a job that brings me joy. Now, you know what brings you joy. Guns. 
brings him joy. Is there anything wrong with that? No. He probably could outshoot anybody here. He's going to be my, my personal bodyguard. But I want you to know God blesses you. It's his nature to bless you with the job, with the hobby, or what's something that brings you joy. If you're not happy, then it's your fault. Uh, that's not a good way to end. I, I'm doing pretty good. You like driving a vehicle? Are you good at it? Then don't get too cocky. He's a racer like his old man. In fact, you probably will be better than him if you keep your priorities in order, your spiritual priorities. God will make you the best one on the track. Does that mean you'll beat the old man? Yeah. But you know what? I don't think you'll probably get too upset because he's been a good father to you. He's taught you a lot. Whether you receive it or not all the time, keep the ears open. You have fun? Is it, does it just do something to you on the inside? That's God. When you're out there shooting guns, does that do something to you? you just, oh, yeah. Do you like doing what you do at the radio station? It's a, oh, th that's a good word. I'm glad you brought that up. God wants you to be passionate about something. Yeah, passionate about him and his, and your relationship with him. That's priority. But he wants you to be passionate about something in life. It's a, that's his gift to you because he knows it will bring you joy. Let's stand up. And you're good at what you do. In fact, your song selection today was spot on. Go back up there quick. I want you to leave. We're going to leave today singing. Is that all right? I, I quit. My, I could have gone on and on and on, but what would you get today? Anything. Not everybody at once. What did you learn? What did you learn from what I just stood here and gave you for 20 minutes? Enjoy what you're doing. What else? God wants to bless you. I know some days, Ron, you didn't enjoy going to the office, but then there are some days you did. God wants you to be passionate about something. Father, I pray today for everyone in this room. We recognize, Father, you, your nature is to give and to provide, and that's the nature of your Son who lives in us. If we're truly born again children of God, I pray today, Father, that the people here today, if they're not happy about their job, about their life, about what they're doing, then I pray that you soften their hearts and you get them to the point where they cry out to you and ask you what they're supposed to do with their life, with their money, with their possessions. So we're so thankful that we have a giving nature on the inside of us and his name is Jesus Christ. Help us to share this week, every day, wherever we go, share with others.